Can you detail your background in the payer world and any previous collaborations with providers? Where are you today? Sure. So uh, my, my background is actually in public health. And um, I started my career doing work around HIV AIDS discrimination and domestic violence. And frankly, I never thought I'd wind up working for insurance companies. After spending about nine years at a major hospital system, um, I was recruited to work for New York-based health plan where I was responsible for facility and ancillary contracting. Um, this was sort of in the early 2000s. And while there were some innovative things going on there, really most of the contracting that happened there, like really everywhere, was being done by the business people who really were not being informed at all by the clinicians, either those in the house or those with whom they were contracting. And so in the discussions, um, patients and patient care really never, ever came up. It was all about units of care and units of cost, which is even today how um, fee-for-service uh, is done. So well, that made no sense to me then. It still makes no sense to me today. And so I was very new on the managed care side of things. Um, and so I began to talk with the clinicians uh, to understand you know, what was important from their perspective to be included in these agreements with, um, with providers. And I kept sort of talking to them and I started a sort of choreographic dance between the business side and the clinical side of the house so that the work of each began to sort of slowly be informed by the work of the other. Um, I spent a lot of time facilitating discussions between the two sides and ultimately developed presentations that were made jointly by the business teams and the clinical teams. And so it really made for much more robust discussions and much more rational decisions. Um, and surprisingly, it was really the first time that business and clinical had really collaborated inside the house. From there, I, I spent, I guess, the next 20 years really working at health plans. Um, I was always in roles working with providers and was always working to kind of bring a different face of the managed care organization, one that was more of a partner and sort of a trusted advisor, which really is not, those are not terms you hear very often um, in fee-for-service relationships. So when I um, landed at Horizon, um, which was uh, early in 2013, the plan was just coming out of its first pilot in specialty care value-based models, their hip and knee replacement episodes of care. And the pilot had proved that for those ortho procedures focusing on all of the care rendered to a patient versus all of the care rendered by one physician did work to improve outcomes and patient experiences and could also reduce overall cost of care. And so uh, the mandate given to me when I got there was to scale the program. And for me, this was sort of an opportunity of a lifetime, right? I got to use my public health background to help reorganize and rethink what it means to be a partner in healthcare and to be a part of creating better outcomes and experiences and not just focus on units of care, if you will, or units of cost. And so my goal was to build a program that tested the model in multiple scenarios, not just procedural episodes, but also in acute and chronic condition episodes, and to consider whether in addition to addressing the care for the patients who wind up in the episode, could we really stretch the model to address whether the patient actually needed to be in the episode in the first place. I sort of like the messy stuff, um, and so I, 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 loved, I, I loved that sort of challenge. So I began to um, 
build partnerships with providers that were very, very atypical um, for managed care. I would invite provider partners in to help me think about how to solve for a particular issue. And rather than going in, as I think in many cases is typical in managed care where you get invited in to really discuss a decision that's already been made, um, I was inviting them in to help us think about how to build models that could really um, improve patient outcomes, improve patient experiences, and ultimately reduce the overall cost of care. And to do it in a way that sort of cultivated partnerships and so did not put the providers at immediate risk, but allowed them to work collaboratively with the health plan. And um, what happened was really sort of extraordinary. You know, we built um, models, and at this point, I've really built dozens of models with, with providers that leverage the clinical expertise of the provider rather than having the clinical uh, algorithms imposed by a health plan and focus on all of the care that gets rendered to a patient across the full continuum. And so um, allowing the doctors to work together to take accountability for everything that happens um, to that patient. The most extraordinary part of the, these models and the collaboration has been um, not only that all the pillars of the triple aim uh, are being met, but that the spirit of the relationship between the providers and the health plans are changing from one of uh, adversaries to one of really functionally collaborative partners. The shift towards a value-based model in, in your work with episodes of care really hones in on the payer-provider relationship. How is this shift expected to feature an expanded consideration of the patient? You know, how, how are the patient being prioritized in these agreements? I think in terms of prioritizing and focusing on the patient, the, the whole focus of these models, right, in fee-for-service, the focus is really on all of the care that's rendered to one doc, and the doc is only accountable for the care that he or she renders. In these value-based models and in episodes models, the focus is on all of the care that gets rendered to one patient, but across the continuum. So it requires that there is communication, collaboration, coordination across the full continuum, and so that patients aren't left to kind of navigate that very complex and intimidating spectrum of care and services on their own, particularly when they have some sort of diagnosis or procedure, which is always the case in an episode as opposed to a population health model where it's about primary care and you're trying to keep everybody uh, heterogeneous population healthy in, in the episodes. Um, by the time we get somebody in an episode, they either have a procedure that's going to occur or they have a healthcare diagnosis or some sort of event. And so you're trying to get them the best outcome. Um, the stratification um, is really intended to create groups of clinically similar patients so that you can look at where the variations in care and cost of care are among patients who would be expected to have a similar outcome. I want to specifically ask, within the frame of mind of episodes of care, how would you describe the individual goals of each stakeholder within the continuum of care? And, and then what is their ultimate shared goal? The shared goal, again, is always decided by the stakeholders. And so from my perspective and in my experience, I never went in and said, this is the goal. Well, I would go in and, and at that point, I'd go in as the payer and 
gather, you know, multiple practitioners from um, from whatever the specialty uh, was, and talk with them about what are we what is the what are we trying to achieve, and how will we know if we're successful? What are the goals we're trying to achieve here? And so the models that I work on always kind of respect the expertise of each individual stakeholder. Um, and so again, rather than coming in and, and thinking I know all the answers, I was able to, I used to say to my staff, you know, relieve yourself of your need to know everything. Just come in with an open mind. Um, do not ever start with no and be willing to listen to what it is the stakeholders, whether they're the doctors or the uh, the analysts, whoever they are, what they have to say and, and how to get there. And so the shared goal is always what's decided by the group um, and or in connection, in conjunction with all of the stakeholders. The individual um, goals and responsibilities also sort of get um, decided sort of by consensus in a group. And it's, it, again, it's very different than in a fee-for-service model where Everybody just focuses on the care that they render in these models. It's very important that you choose and work with partners across the continuum who are aligned so that you get to the same goal, which is whatever the improved outcome is or whatever the improved experience is. Um, and so, it, you know, it's one of the reasons that I, I do advocate um, for starting in no-risk models uh, or models where only the payer has risk to begin with um, because, First of all, the payer's not at any greater risk than they were when they were in fee-for-service, right? Providers don't start performing more poorly simply because you give them an opportunity to, to um, uh, earn more revenue. Uh, but it allows for um, the kind of collaboration and the focus um, on, on how to get to the best outcome and how to, how to identify who are the best partners so that when we move through that evolution and the risk does shift to providers, they'll know how to be successful. They'll know who are the best partners to get to the outcomes that um, that they identified as the most important. I think the other thing is um, really, really important is once the models are built, it's not over. You have to continue to engage with the partners and the stakeholders and listen and talk about how it's working, what are the best practices, what's not working and what needs to be refined. And so having the ability to be nimble is really, really important and not very typical in managed care historically, right? Nimble is never a word you would, you would use, um, but it's very important to be able to pivot if things aren't working well and understand that the whole move is really evolutionary and you will not get it right 100% um, the first time out of the gate and that that's okay. You know, it's, it's sort of a movement. I also want to ask you uh, about bundled payments in the context of this conversation and, and specifically a, a point that was mentioned in your publication, respectful payer provider collaboration can achieve the best of value-based care. This was uh, published in the October edition of Clinical Gastroenterology and Hepatology. Well, you mentioned the primary goal of bundled payments and episodes of care are more or less the same. How are these terms largely and wrongfully used interchangeably? I almost never use the term bundled payments um, for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, I, these models are really about improving outcomes for patients um, and improving their experiences. And ultimately, um, when you do that and you reduce all that variation, which may be unnecessary care, um, you get to um, optimal costs as well. 
when you use the term bundled payment or when one uses the term bundled payment, the only thing you hear is the money. And for me, it, it's not an appropriate description of what these models are, right? These models are about patient episodes. And, and the idea is to construct um, models that kind of mirror the way we as patients think of our own healthcare. And so if I am having a surgical procedure, right, as a very basic example, I'm not only thinking about what the surgeon is going to do when he or she cuts into me. I'm thinking about, I have to have labs, I have to have radiology, I'm going to be in the hospital, where am I having my rehab, do I, you know, am I living in a fourth story walk up so I can't have it at home, how, you know, if I get an infection, what am I going to do, where am I going to go, how am I going to get to the doctor, and so the idea is to build a model that takes all of that into account, the full episode. So the goals are exactly the same, regardless of the term, um, which is to improve outcomes and experiences and ultimately reduce the cost of care. Um, but there are some differences when people use the terms, they often use them um, differently. So typically when somebody refers to a bundled payment, they are referring to a prospective model where risk has been shifted to the provider. And so what that means is a payment is made up front for the full collection of services that are anticipated to be rendered for whatever the procedure or healthcare event uh, or diagnosis is. And it's then up to the um, physician to manage the care within that bundled or that bundle of of money that's been um, uh, identified as, as the right cost. Um, and if they manage it under the that cost, then they have created additional revenue in their practice. And if they go over the budget, they can't come back and get any more. So it's a prospective, meaning it's paid ahead of time. Uh, and it's risk-based, meaning um, the provide, there's no additional money if, if the provider overspends. In an episode of care, often people are talking about a retrospective model um, and one that may or may not have any uh, risk shift associated with it. And so, you know, the model itself would be the same, the model of care would be the same, um, but typically it sits on a fee-for-service chassis. And so all of the providers who touch the patient over the course of the episode continue to get paid in accordance with the fee-for-service contracts they have with whoever the health plan or payer is. And then once the uh, measurement period is over, there's a retrospective view of the full episode, all that collection of care and costs of care, um, and uh, compared against um, the quality metrics that were established and whatever the cost of care budget was that was established. And if there is, um, if the metrics are met and savings are attained, savings get shared with the provider. Um, and if they're not, typically in a no-risk model, providers um, uh, don't have to pay back the downside, um, but rather it's, it's a period and an opportunity for the payer and the uh, providers to study where the opportunities were missed, what was it that caused um, success not to have been achieved, and then again, to sort of study the, the various partners in the continuum and figure out who are the best partners, who are the, the partners who are most aligned. But essentially, the two terms, um, you know, at their core have the exact same goals. They are often used to describe these two sort of nuances 
um, that I think are significant. And then also just the, to me, the words bundled payment don't convey sort of what these models really are about. My last question for you, Lily, is, is how do value-based tools like clinical pathways, especially as pathways become more and more comprehensive and multidisciplinary, how do they support the continued use of episodes of care? So this is also a really important question. Um, you know, clinical pathways are a critical tool for success in value-based models. The pathways, however, should be developed by the clinicians and not the payers. So in value-based models, the focus shifts from those units of care and costs of care to outcomes. And that's really what the the payers focus becomes, right? It, it, you focus on the outcomes. And the models and the partners who I have seen create the greatest success are those provider partners who study the data with the payer. And the data really needs to show sort of those clinically like groups of patients and, um, and the variations in the care and cost of care. And the, the folks who've been the most successful are the ones who study that with the payers and then set up on their end, on the, the provider side, uh, leadership that creates the clinical pathways or algorithms that can actually address those variations in care and optimize them and then adopt them within their own organizations and, and work with the docs or the other um, providers in their, in their practices to adhere to those so that they can optimize both the care and the cost of care. What's happened, you know, over in the evolution of, of managed care is the managed care organizations, the payers, have gotten so um, involved in the process piece, um, you know, having to know really every single time a patient gets touched, the payer suddenly has to know. Um, and in these value-based models, thankfully, the focus shifts really to outcomes and Again, the res it's about respecting everybody's expertise and abilities and leveraging those. And in this case, as it comes to clinical pathways, the doctors and the clinicians are the ones who should be building those clinical pathways. They have the clinical information and knowledge. The payer needs to be able to share the data that allows for that study and then allows the clinicians to determine, um, based on you know evidence-based medicine, what are the best um, the best protocols and pathways to follow to achieve those best outcomes. I just want to, I want to offer you the opportunity um, if there's any other points or parting messages you'd like to make at this time on any of these uh, discussion points and on episodes of care or value-based payment or uh, clinical pathways, anything else you'd like to mention that you think is relevant to this conversation? There's a lot of fear on the part of various stakeholders, payers and, and providers alike, in getting engaged in these models. Once everybody sort of backs off the, you know, the position that they have the answers and that the other party is their adversary and, you know, puts their dukes down and is willing to come in and, and partner with people they would never have anticipated partnering with before, um, amazing things really can happen. And so from my perspective, it's really important. I use that Nike tagline sometimes, which is just do it, you know, just do it, get in, start talking to, if you're a provider, talk to your payer, if you're a payer, talk to your providers, but do it in a way that's really respectful and that recognizes that each party brings something to the table that, um, 
that will make the model better, stronger, um, and, and create better outcomes for patients in the long run.